Join us for this episode of Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi, everybody. I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 56. A fun one for you today. Birding by ear. Getting started. How you can learn to start identifying your birds by listening to them. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Learning to speak bird, I mean, come on, opens up a whole new world. It's kind of like learning a new language right in your own backyard. Really fun. We've got a lot of tips for you today. How do you get started even doing this? Because we get the question all the time, man, how do you know what that bird is just by listening to it? So got a lot of little tips, a lot of little secrets that we use and tools galore to help you. Right, John? Brian, you make a great point. It is like learning a little a new language. And I was terrible during high school trying to learn Spanish and other languages. <laughs> so my point, anybody can do this. If I can learn bird songs, you can learn bird songs. Indeed. So stick around for the fun and the listening learning. As always, what's happening in your yard right now? Well, John, so anyone listening to the last podcast and I was talking about how Mama and Daddy Bluebird were taking food to the nestlings. Well, it was basically <laughs> that afternoon after the last podcast that yeah. we recorded. They were taking food to the fledglings. It was super cool. They have been yeah. super busy. They're picking up. Uh, how, how many? How many? Uh, I know there are two right now. Okay. Because yeah, I, I waited till yeah. I waited till later. I didn't want to yeah. make them fledge too early. You know, looking in the box. So waited till they popped out. So I know there are two because I'm seeing them on my hardware system, mm-hmm. and just those nice speckled bluebirds that are looking wide-eyed and looking at the world with brand new <laughs> eyes. What's this? What's this? Ah, yeah. so cool. Yeah, mom and dad are feeding them uh, a blend we call Bugs and Bits, which is bark butter bits with yeah. dried mealworms. Oh, yeah. They're they're loving it. I go back many, many years when finding a bluebird was like a, a red-letter day to oh, find yeah. a bluebird. And you had to search. You had to go out in the country and find these things. To I, you know, We were talking to have them in our backyard, and not only have them in their backyard, but bringing their fledglings to our feeding systems to mm-hmm. feed them exactly bugs and bits and things like that. It's pretty darn special. It, uh, who would have oh, thought? Yeah. That's, one, that's one of those things that, you know, how many years ago I would have said, no way, no how. And to see that bird <laughs> right. come all the way back from really low numbers at one point during the 60s to being a backyard bird, uh, that's, that is awesome. Absolutely so, amazing success story. Yep, it is. So, yeah, for me, the highlight, my piloted woodpecker fledged. They're young. Ooh, and they're, not, they're not little. No, and they're coming. She, the female, comes to the suet feeder. I've got a double tail prop suet feeder, and she, you know, they'll fly in together. And so, they actually just looks like they just fledged one youngster, and it's a female, and they'll fly in together. And the youngster will stay, gosh, probably 25, 30 feet up a tree. And mom comes down to the feeder mm-hmm. and gets a mouthful of suet, and then flies back 
And you can see her chasing them all the way up the tree, chasing her all the way up the tree, feeding, <laughs> feeding the suet to the youngster. So that's that's been this week's highlight. It is it is baby bird time, as we mentioned, I think, in the last show. They're just, you know, between the the, the bluebirds and the woodpeckers and the, the house venture feeding young. So just all kinds of mm-hmm. youngsters running around in the backyard now, which is just a highlight. Oh yeah, and and one of the things that we're seeing too is that you know we keep water. Anybody you know anybody that's listening to this podcast knows that I live in an area that has a lot of creeks and streams and lakes. Right. But I have a, I have a couple of bird baths in my yard, and uh, the activity at those bird baths is really picked up this last week or two with uh, the youngsters going to the bird bath for a drink and that type of thing. So that's oh, been yeah. that's been fun to watch too. Oh, my yard too, having the little bird bath, even though I have that little moving creek, both mm-hmm. very active for birds getting drinks. So really, really fun. You know, it's it's also neat. Went to a lot of grad parties this this last weekend, um, all these high school graduates. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're still kind of in that circuit. Um, and someone was talking about how they have really excited Mama Hummingbird is outside their kitchen window. Uh, in a bush, like 15 feet away. Oh, wow. And they're watching her make her nest. Wow. Uh, so I know some parts of, you know, North America, hummingbirds are wrapping up. I mean, this month in June, they're mm-hmm. like Anna's hummingbirds are pretty much wrapped up on mm-hmm. raising families. Uh, but in the, the east, uh, you're getting the ruby-throated hummingbirds going. Down south, you know, some of the black gen hummingbirds, some others. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch if you ever get that opportunity to find a hummingbird nest and yeah, watch her cool build is it is yeah. what what a magical thing to find i've never yeah. never watched them build so i'm i'm super stoked for these people but i've found nests you know post nesting season right right it's just i love it it's just everything is so green and lush and and the bird activity is just fantastic in the backyard it's just this is one of your favorite times of the year it's just awesome oh it certainly is and you know i talked about how the starlings the juvenile starlings were starting to come in well they've (laughs) they've moved on to someone else's yard i'm very happy for that oh Oh, yeah well i know i I gotta throw it out there that some people are gonna say well how'd you get it to move on or well hey brian yes john how'd you get them to move on (laughs) well (laughs) i invited them to Eat somewhere else. And they took me up on it. <laughs> I actually just let the I let the feeders go empty for a day. And it worked. That helped to invite the starlings to move on to greener pastures, so to speak. And my bluebirds, my chickadees, my nuthatches, woodpeckers, everyone else didn't miss a beat. Uh, they all came back the next day or two and no worries. So yeah. it worked. I was pretty excited. Well, Brian, we're here to talk... <laughs> In the next 30 minutes, we're going to teach people how to identify every single bird in their backyard by song and call. Is that what I signed up for? (laughs) (laughs) Talk about adding a whole other dimension to being outdoors, whether it's on your deck or walking through the local wetland or woodland or whatever it might be. You know, Evan, our producer brought up the fact that I think he used the term it it, it made him go from two dimension to three dimension yeah yeah I know what you mean like you're going on a walk and you're always focused on what's in front of you but now if you're if you're listening for birds singing and talking and you start to hear them in that three-dimensional space Mm -hmm. instead of just down that 
straight and narrow path and you're more immersed. And like you said, it's, it is, it's so much more intimate yeah. and everything's yeah. coming alive and you're yeah. more in this space instead of just, you know, someone who's a visitor passing through it. Yeah. That's what spring is so, I think, exciting to people that, that are in the, into birds and birding mm-hmm. and, and especially people who bird by ear because gosh, you just hear so many different things going on, whether it's in your backyard or wherever you're at. There's just all these different birds and all the migrants coming through. And again, you might not even know they're there. Right. Uh, unless you're listening in this three-dimensional space, if you will. And it just, I think that is part of why spring is so exciting. It just adds yeah. so much dynamic to your hikes and your your outdoor experiences. It's, it's kind of like that uh, yearly reunion of really close friends. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, it is something worth everybody should know about, and I think everybody should try to, to do it. Now, whether you become this walking encyclopedia of bird calls and songs and, and you can walk through a woods anywhere and, and identify birds, well, you know, I don't know. But is it really cool to be able to, it it really is the best way to know that certain birds are present. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. always get great looks at birds. You don't always see birds that are at the very tip tops of the trees. But if you know the song that they have, if you know the calls they make, you know they're there. And then you know where to zero in on and and see if you can find them and watch them from that point of view. So, you know, there's there's some, some really good tools that are available to people. Oh yes, uh, to Lots help them learn basic, yeah, basic bird songs. And I know at first it, it just seems intimidating to beat the band, and 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 I, as I kind of alluded to in the opening, I I I'm not good with language. You know, I I struggle. I took three years of Spanish in high school, and you know, I just struggled the whole time, and and it, it's just not it, my brain's just not wired that way, and I, and I I don't know whether there's a correlation with learning bird song. But, you know, it took me years and years of just mm-hmm. slowly but surely adding a few new birds every year to permanent memory. Then, you know, sooner or later, wow, you start being able to to pick out the birds that are in your backyard. And, and you probably are already starting from a very strong position because, you know, I think you and I both feel that most people know a pretty good number of bird songs already. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, John, you're talking about you know, not having that that ear or that brain process for picking up other languages. And I grew up in a, a military family. So I grew up in Germany in a different culture, listening to another language, being immersed in English and in German. And, you know, when you're little, you, you pick up on languages so easily in general. Your brain's right. just like ready to learn. Um and then once you and I got connected and started birding together, uh, my method and your method, I mean, my brain seems to be able to pick up nuances of sounds pretty pretty easily, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but I still need to learn how to correlate connections to those sounds to be able to commit them to memory. And you just, the way you always did it, like you were talking, just wrote memorization practice, mm-hmm. practice, practice, mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much any foreign language, right? Or anything you're going to yeah. learn and get good yeah. at. Practice, practice, practice. And you and I just going out together and, and learning together. What's that sound? And trying yeah. to figure it out. And um, But I love that idea. One thing, and that's that's one of our big tips. Learn one call yeah. and try to really get it down. 
and then grow from there and learn one more call and one more. Mm -hmm. I want to really stress to people that are just starting to listen to that saying, hmm, do I want to listen to the rest of this or not? Do I really care about <laughs> Can I really do this? Yes. Um, yes. You know, I, I, I keep coming back. That the, is, one, yes, you probably already know more than you think you do. And two, you know, this is this is not something that's impossible. And it's something that you kind of finesse all the time. In other words, I still listen to bird tapes. I still, every spring, pull out my tapes and listen to them to reset my memory in regards to what the warblers sound like. Which, mm -hmm. you know, we see the warblers singing, you know, for a two or three week period every spring and that's it. So, you know, I want to reset my brain. So it, it is a very doable thing. So bottom line, just don't be intimidated by it. Just just enjoy it and learn it at, at whatever pace you have. And and as Brian is alluding to, the more you learn, honestly, the easier it gets. It oh, really does sure. get. Once you master a handful of these songs, you will actually find it much easier to move on and master other ones. It opens up a whole new world. Yeah, yeah. And you alluded yeah. to that, John, where, yeah, wow, yeah. I may not see these birds, but as I learn the calls and I'm when I'm out on a walk or if I'm just in my yard and I'm doing any gardening or yard work... And you hear those birds talking, hey, you know, that's a titmouse or yeah, that's a downy woodpecker. There's just yeah. more, there's more joy and yeah. you can do it anywhere you travel as well. Probably one of the most notable. Mm -hmm. Chickadee, dee, 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 chickadee, dee, dee, dee. Who doesn't know a chickadee? Right. <laughs> you know, you know the chickadee, you hear it. You may not see it. It may be bouncing around right. <clears throat> up in the treetops. But you know that sucker's there, and you know that song. It's a very yeah. easy one. It says its name. Chickadee dee dee, you know. And so, pretty much anywhere you live in North America, you probably have a chickadee species. Yeah. Coming yeah. through your backyard at some point. Yeah. If you live near water, mm -hmm. everybody knows what a mallard sounds right. Sounds like right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a long show. <laughs> So give me your Canada Goose uh, imitation. Uh, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, so, I mean, who doesn't know the Canada Goose, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're literally up to three birds. There you, you go. It can be around your yard or definitely close by that you already know. What other ones come to mind, Brian? Oh, I think everyone knows that uh, that bird that comes around for November. Gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> <laughs> The wild turkeys, right? I haven't had that as a backyard bird yet, but uh. <laughs> it's a backyard bird for some folks, and sometimes they like them, sometimes they don't, because they can eat a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're a big bird. Yeah. Oh, here's one I know everybody knows because this bird's all the way across North America. Very good, doing the American crow. Okay. Anywhere coastal, and get that. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> Almost like it's saying, uh-uh, nope. yeah. not today. <laughs> the fish crow. Ooh. The fish crow, yeah. Yeah, which is something that we've seen here in Indianapolis becoming more widely distributed. Yes. Uh, wasn't, wasn't a typical bird that we would have seen here 20, 30 years ago, but it's starting nope. to show up in lots of places now. Nope. Uh, well, it's also the blue jay. Who doesn't yeah. know what blue jays call? Jay, blue jay, jay, you know, yeah, jay, yeah, jay, yeah. jay, jay. So, you know, the bottom line is... You can go through a list of birds that are in your backyard already, and you probably mm -hmm. already know a large percentage of those birds that are coming here. Tut, 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 titmouse. That's a little bit of a, a, a maybe a next step. 
Yeah, Peter, 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 Peter. Very easy one to learn. Not quite as easy as some of the namesayers like the the J and you know the chickadee. Right, right. But but it's it's an easy one to get down and and recognize. So maybe that next step, if you have t- tough at titmice or mm-hmm. uh, one of the other titmice, is to to learn that call that they make and and uh, and uh, make it a permanent memory. Right. You know, John. There, there another one that I know everyone's got around at some point in the year. It says cheer up, cheerly. Cheerio. Chup, 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 chup. Kind of the <laughs> mnemonic for it. If you put words to it, cheery up. Cheerily. Cheerio. And they like to talk in the morning. They're very cheery. The American Robin. There you go. Cheery, you may not cheery. realize you know that song, but if you start yeah. listening for it, yeah. put some words to it. It's very cheery, Robin. <laughs> now, one that can confuse you, though, and, you know, a lot of people in the East, unfortunately, not so many out West, but we have our Northern Cardinal. And mm-hmm. that, too, very distinct, a couple of calls have are, are very distinct and, and recognizable, but it has so many variations. Mm-hmm. That that's one that's maybe a little trickier to... My wife still, I think, gets fooled sometimes by different cardinal inflections oh, and calls yeah. and that type of thing. So, but they have but, a basic. Well, you know, to me, the volume and the tone. Yeah. You know, regardless of. Yeah. Yeah. That was regardless a of. <laughs> <laughs> you notice I blew right past it, did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a, a certain distinct tonal quality to me and, and volume that yes. gives them away. You know, regardless of what they're saying, uh, that tonal quality and volume that they they make those songs and calls at are mm-hmm. kind of a dead giveaway to me. Well, it's interesting, too. I know some people in helping for them to learn the Northern Cardinal, and I do this all the time when I'm trying to learn calls, is something I can connect with that bird and with yeah. that sound. Yeah. And, some, and some people talk about how Northern Cardinal, it's a red bird. And sometimes it almost sounds like it's in a lightsaber fight in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and if you if you're into Star Wars and you got like the Imperial Guards and you're you're battling against yeah. the Imperial yeah. Guards and they're they wear a red uh red cloaks, red armor, cardinals red. Some also say that they uh that little <whistles> almost sounds like um like stormtrooper laser cannon in Star Wars by pew mm-hmm, pew mm-hmm, pew. Mm-hmm, right. So anything you could do to connect mental connections and it doesn't it's not there's no right or wrong to it it's your mental connections to help you learn that bird different things work for different people Mm -hmm. and making those connections Visually, putting something visually in your head that, you know, makes you think of that bird. You know, the black and white warbler is a squeaky wheel. Well, okay. Yeah. Black and white warbler, somebody, my bicycle has a squeaky wheel. You know, somebody stole my bicycle. So there's, you know, a thief and he gets caught and he's put into a prison suit that's black and white. There you go. I got my black and white warbler there middle image every time. You, <laughs> you know, that. I, I like the little simpler. I like, and you've seen me, uh, mnemonics. I, 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 yep. Basically, a mnemonic is putting a, a set of syllables with the same, hopefully, pacing as the bird song mm-hmm. that you're listening to. So probably the most famous is our, an easy example is our barred owl. Oh, yeah. And I love this bird. It, it, it's, it's, it, 
it's, they say it says, who cooks for you? Who cooks for you all? And that last note's a, uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So the barred owl, if you just think of who cooks for you, who cooks for you all, you know immediately you've got a barred owl. The great horned owl, which is typically found in the same areas quite often with barred owls, it's much shorter. Mm-hmm. And it says, who's awake? Me, too. And it's who's deeper and awake? slower. Me, too. Yeah. So it's five notes as opposed to the multiple notes of the barred owl. And you can just you can just keep those in your mind, and so because I, I know sometimes people have trouble separating those two when they're not you know they've never mm-hmm. really tried, but just simply the the who's awake me too that five notes of the of the great horn, mm-hmm. you see how it works? It just works you know and wonderfully, and there are mnemonics for almost every bird out there, and there's lots of resources from the the birding field guides typically have mnemonics in them, or some type of representation verbal representation of the bird call. That's, you know, you talk about you and I, Brian, and learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you see me in the field. Uh, you know, I hear the bird and I say the mnemonic. I mean, yes. I reinforce it every time by saying <laughs> right. the mnemonic because it just helps keep it fresh in my mind. And that's how, that's what I trigger on is, is the mnemonic. So, you know, again, different styles, different different ways of learning. But that's a really good one to look at. And it's fun. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and some of them you read, you know, some of the written ones, and it's like, where did they come up with that? <laughs> That, right. that that doesn't sound like it at all. Who made that one up? So make your own. Make your own. Make your own mnemonic. It's like right. you're doing with your Star Wars. And you know, right. you and I were leading a bird hike recently, and and uh, bobolinks. Oh, you know, yeah. And that's Talk the R two D two bird. <laughs> yeah, that's the R two D two. It literally sounds like you know the the R two D two sounds from the movie. Very electronic. Yeah, it's amazing and. A lot of times, I, I always enjoy that. You know, C-3PO and R2-D2, generally fairly inseparable. Uh, and so the bobolinks are in fields, and they have that R2-D2 electronic sound. The Western Meadowlark sounds a little more like C-3PO talking. And so they also live in similar kinds of fields. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of neat when you can start making those connections to help you. I'm like, oh, yeah, now if I heard that, I should also be listening for this. Absolutely. There are some really great uh, resources out there. And a lot of the field guides have mm-hmm. the mnemonic in there. A lot of the phone apps that you can, the bird guide phone apps have a lot of that. iTunes and various other. Uh, Google Play and, and all that. Yeah. There's, there's two albums that have been around for a long time, but they're really good. And, and and they're put out by the uh, Peterson Field Guide series, mm-hmm. and it's birding by ear, and more birding by ear, and they really break down the birds, which I really like a lot too. They break it down by common sounding birds. Yeah, ones that sound similar to each other, and yeah, and, and you know, one species could have different kinds of songs and calls but they, they really kind of bring it down. What's the most common thing they say? Yeah. I think you and I mentioned on the last uh, podcast of the trillers. Yes. You know, I, I learned my birds from those two uh, tapes album. My time in my day, they were tapes, uh, but I learned my bird calls mostly from those two tapes. And it was such, you know, they're not an end all be all. They don't have all, you know, hundreds and hundreds of birds. Um, 
but like on the trillers, uh, they they had four represented. I think it was pine, they pine warbler. A, they had a swamp sparrow. They had a um, gosh, I'm blank now. But there were there were four <laughs> different ones that had the, the very similar trills. Yes, and, and chipping sparrow. Yeah, chipping sparrow would be another one, and and well, yeah, yeah. So you get out in the field and you start hearing that. You hear a trill, a worm-eating warbler has a trill. Mm-hmm. So you, you you hear those 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 trills, and you think, well, it's one of those four. I heard it; it was on the tape. I you know, it's one of those four. Well, <laughs> the problem with it is there's probably what a 10? few more <laughs> dark-eyed juncos have trills. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, bottom line is, so it does help you. It does help you learn the sound to listen for. Mm-hmm. The nuances between the sounds, the pacing, and the speed is quite different on a number of those trilling birds. The other thing that I think goes along with learning your calls is birding by location and habitat. Mm-hmm. You know, to take those birds, like a chipping sparrow, I'm probably not going to find it in a wetland. I will find a swamp sparrow in a wetland. Right. So when I'm hearing a trill in a wetland, I immediately go to swamp sparrow. I hear a trill in the backyard, and if it's in the middle of summertime, I'm going to chipping sparrow. If it's late winter, I'm going to junco, possibly going to the to the mm-hmm. junco. So the, the thing is, some of these, not all, but some of these, it's really they have the very similar calls. It actually becomes very obvious just where you're at and what kind of habitat as to what bird you should be looking for and find. Right. Well, and I like that you bring up the trills because a lot of times when people ask, well, what are you really listening for in that bird song or that bird call? And and how can I make a connection to that? And birds make different kinds of sounds. And we've alluded to some are electronic or metallic sounding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or trilling, but there are also things like buzzing or chips, chip notes or, or if they're sing-songy, you know, you get the mm-hmm, robin, mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. sing-songy, right. very cheery while it says it. And if you think about that cheery, cheery up, cheery um, Some are more whistly or more fluty. Um, and I love when the spring migration happens and you get the thrush family. Yeah. So many of those birds, um, the thrushes, the veeries, they're very fluty and ethereal. And you think about, okay, is, does a bird sound kind of like that? And just be able to make those different kinds of connections. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, one of the other really good tools to help out. And you and I are, <laughs> we should be get, getting paid by Cornell. We promote <laughs> this this so often. But the Merlin app is just amazing. And I don't know, what what how long did they come out? They brought the sound ID on, on board the app. I'm going to say within That's the last year. That's only in the so. last year or two. Yeah, and in the yeah. last, even in the last six months, this sound ID has just been amazing. It's really yeah. coming into its own. Now, it's not perfect, but man, it, it really is an amazing tool. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we're talking previously uh, off air together on some things about using the Merlin app, just sitting on the back porch, listening, yeah. you know, having yeah. the Merlin listen to. What's calling in my yard right now? Mm-hmm. What, and what's cool about it, and, yeah, I, and you know, I were talking, I just did this this weekend. I do it actually quite a bit. If you just have the thing running, I mean, you know, my wife and I are sitting on our back deck having lunch, and I'll flip the thing on and sound ID. 
and you it, it, it starts making and building a list mm-hmm. of all the birds that it's identifying by song and call in your backyard. But what's cool about it and where it helps somebody begin, and I think it's probably one of the most effective tools out there because what it does is it doesn't just identify it once. Once it puts it on the list, if that bird calls again, it lights up, it yeah. highlights. So I can sit there and look at my list of birds that it's generating. And if that bird calls, if the house wren calls again, mm-hmm. you know, the rattle of the house wren, the house wren name on my list lights up. And I literally at that moment can look at that and hear the bird calling. Mm-hmm. And you talk about reinforcement, right? And and there's a picture right there. Yeah. I, I, you talk about total reinforcement of what you're hearing at that moment and being able to go, that's a house rent. I know it. It's positive. Here it is. I, I don't know of anything better. Like you're saying, it's not 100% perfect. You have to take a little bit of it with a grain of salt. But I, I don't know. I, I, will have, I hesitate to put a percentage on it, but it's darn good. It will right, nail right the vast majority of birds in your backyard without question. Yeah. Well, and if that bird's not necessarily expected at that habitat or that time of year, that's when things can come into question. But right, for the right. most part, you can you can rely on it. The, really, the only better way to know that Merlin is right and to take that birding by ear and learning that call for that bird, the only thing better is physically seeing the bird singing while you can hear it singing. Yeah. The Merlin yeah. app is a great way to, as a tutorial, but by far the best way is actually see the bird while it's talking. And you don't always have the opportunity to do that. And that's yeah. where the Merlin app becomes a wonderful tool. Yeah. So again, everybody, I think, you know, again, this is, this is very doable. You know, you probably already have a good start in many cases and maybe not even realize how good of a start you've got. You have tons of resources available mm-hmm. to you from books to tapes to Merlin app and, and everything else. Uh, so you, you really do have a good shot at, at doing this. There are a couple of caveats. There are a couple of birds out there that can throw a curveball at you. We've mentioned cardinals can kind of change up their game a little bit and, and fool you quite mm-hmm. often. Uh, but we have a, a group of birds called the mimics. The mimics. <laughs> it's for good reason. <laughs> yeah, they imitate other bird calls. The most famous, the mockingbird. Yes, northern mockingbird. They yeah. <laughs> they are very, very good at imitating other birds. They're also very, very good at imitating human sounds. <laughs> yeah, door hinges and car alarms. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. It's amazing the number of things I have watched and listened. Watched a northern mockingbird talking and while i'm seeing it and hearing what it's doing i'm like really wow yeah Yeah. they'll they'll do babies crying they'll dogs barking (laughs) it's but they're really good at at imitating different sounds but one of the keys to that is some of these mimics um when they're mimicking another bird or another sound they'll do repetitions yeah like a mockingbird says things three times and then changes to another thing so if it's imitating a cardinal, it would basically yeah. be saying cardinal, 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 and then imitating something else. It would say it three times. And I always remember mockingbird, three syllables, mockingbird, three times. But then a brown thrasher, that's that's one of those where... Yep, and it has two syllables, so that must mean... Yeah, thrasher. It only mimics, tip, typically only repeats the phrase twice as right. opposed to three times. 
So, and then you have the the, the whole thing falls apart here. The cat birds. <laughs> Besides meowing, the cat bird. Being uh, and they mimic meow. all. Yeah, they mimic all kinds of sounds, but they rarely, if ever, repeat the phrase over and over or more than right. one time. So they usually do it once and move on and to yeah. another. But that's a whole other thing. That's you know that's just realize that there are some mimics out there, and again, this is just to keep you humble. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and, right. And on track. Now, uh, and our Blue Jay, there's another another kind of cool thing mm-hmm. with Blue Jays. And I have this happen. And actually, we all do around this area because we have red-shouldered yeah. hawks and red-tailed hawks. And these suckers are amazing at how well they can imitate those calls. And we see it quite often when they're coming into the feeders. Mm-hmm. And you know, speculation is they're basically trying to scare everybody else away so that they get first pick at whatever foods out there. Uh, I, I'm not sure it works all that well. I think the I think the gang is kind of onto them a little bit, but but it's an amazing, amazing. It fools birders all the time. It mm-hmm. fools experienced birders all the time. They do in a spot on imitation. And the cool part is birds are everywhere, and you just learn one bird at a time. Yeah, and before you know it. You've got you've learned a handful, and then a dozen, and another dozen, and more and more. <laughs> Just have fun with it. I'm sorry, I'm having a flashback. My son had his wedding in an outdoor venue, and I'm sitting there. And <laughs> you it was were in you the were sp- listening to all the birds, <laughs> weren't you? Uh-huh. I was sitting there identifying birds while he's getting married. He's like, what is wrong with this? True confessions just, of a birder right there. I know. It just becomes part of your mindset. You just hear these things and go, oh, indigo bunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. So, so be careful, everyone. The more fun you have with it, the more you're going to learn, and you'll never right. be able to turn it off. <laughs> Run now. Run now. All right, Brian. I think we've... Uh, Hopefully, hopefully, giving people the tools and some inspiration, I hope, to, to check this out. And if you are not a person who's ever tried to learn bird calls and want to do a little bit more birding by ear, um, hopefully we've given you some of the resources to make that happen. Yes, indeed. And we'll, we'll put some links in our show notes as well. So appreciate everyone joining us today for Birding by Ear, getting started, and hope you really had a, a great primer to get rolling with that. And you got inspired. You want to go learn more. So please rate and review us. Let us know what you want to hear from us as well. And we really enjoy that you're tuning in. Absolutely. So until our next visit, do we have a title, by the way? No. Okay. <laughs> so... Until our next visit, where we're truly going to let nature be our guide as to what we're going to talk about, (laughs) Brian and I will continue to let nature be our daily guide. So please, take care of yourself, be safe, and keep those feeders clean. Thanks for joining us, everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, for show notes, or to find the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. And we'd really appreciate you telling your friends about Nature Centered. Until next time, be sure to find a moment every day just to relax and enjoy the birds.